We here in this beautiful court, Ball Don't Stop podcast, episode 300 something, with the man, the man that touched the pinnacle of the NBA, but more than anything, a guy that is still in love with the game. I just watched you work out, Isaiah Thomas. Welcome, brother. Appreciate you. It's been due. You already know. We've been yeah. talking about this for a while. Yo, um, look, we all know what that was. The whole basketball world knows your rise, how you reached the pinnacle of the league at one point. We all know the trajectory, the injuries, the adversity you've gone through. Right now, I want to focus on today, 2022, still in love with the game, still working your ass off, still as disciplined as ever. Where are you at right now mentally? I see where you're at physically, but let us know. Mentally, um, I'm the best I've been, even even when, like you said, even when I reached the pinnacle. Like, I think, you know, my trials and tribulations, the adversity I've been through the last, you know, four or five years has made me who I am today, not just as a basketball player, but as a person. Um, I think it's made me a better person. Um, it's made my mental, my mental is just on a level that it hasn't been on in my life. Like I'm mentally, I'm, I'm, I'm really good right now. I think that's what's making everything, you know, what it is. And um, it's only getting sharper. It's only getting smarter and, and just prepared. Like my mental is prepared for whatever, whatever it is that's coming next. And I can see that because there's a lot of guys in your position that would have gave up, that would have walked away. You've made your millions. You've been an all-star, all-NBA. You know, you've been an MVP candidate. You've done it all. You've done, you've lived a basketball dream, you know? Um, but I see you right now locked in, right? And, and that, that shit really inspires me. That defines what really ball don't stop is. Because we know you've had to now work and grind your way back and claw, but you're doing it. You're embracing it and you love it. That's crazy. Talk to take me through that. I think it's just the love of it. Like, it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like I'm really in the gym grinding every day. Like, it's the love of it. This is what I've been doing since I was a kid. So fast forward to now, I'm not injured no more. I'm not in pain no more. So that love is, is even stronger. So I'm in here two times a day. I'm in here hooping with at LA Fitness, in here hooping with, with the young high schoolers in the city. Yeah. Like, because it's the love of it, knowing when I do get a call, then my mind and my body is prepared to take advantage of whatever, whatever opportunity that is given to me. And I think overall, the love of the game has controlled what has happened to me the last four or five years. Like, it's made me not look in the past. It's made me look in the future. And, you know, I'm, I'm in a great place. Like I said, I'm in a great place mentally. I'm happy. I'm happy about the game. I have joy for the game again. Um, and, you know, I'm just obviously the, the frustrating part is sitting and waiting, right. knowing I can contribute to any situation. So that is tough. And I am human. So I have my days where it's harder than others. But, you know, I revert back to the gym every time, good or bad, at the highest of highs, the lowest of lows. The common denominator is reverting back to the get, gym and getting better. And that's just what I'm doing today. That's what I'm going to do tomorrow. That's what I'm going to continue to do until I don't love the game anymore. And I know once the love goes away, that's when probably I should, you know, call it quits. But I don't see that ending anytime soon. 
that commitment to your craft is what made you who you were. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like that's engraved in you. Yeah. Um, you know, you talked about this new chapter of your career. We've seen you enter it more of a vet. The league has changed. You know, it's gone so young. All these young guards have come in. It's almost like we've gone through a cycle since Boston, you know, and you've been on a situation now where it's like you've had to go through these 10 days and that's tough. People don't understand. I'm not a fan of 10 days. For sure. I'm not a fan of 10 days I because feel. in today's game, you guys are measured by, you're quantified now. You guys are a number now. And they measure you on a three game increment, basically. And that's tricky, right? Because you could have, like you said, the Lakers game. The first game you come out the gate. Mm -hmm. And like from an eye test standpoint, I'm just watching. Yeah. I'm looking at, it's not even the skill. We know you can make shots. We know, I'm looking at the movement. I'm looking at the first step. I'm looking at your mobility. And I'm looking at how strong you are going to the cup. And I'm seeing those things, and that's really, it's making me happy as a fan. And I'm like, okay, now he's just got to win the numbers game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How tricky is that? It's very tricky because, like you said, you have basically in the 10-day, you got three games. You got a few games if you get the opportunity. Yeah. So in a 10-day, usually they're signing you for an extra spot. You're probably not going to play. So those are, 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 are tough situations to be in. And obviously, anybody who gets a 10 days is going to take it. Yeah. But it doesn't always end well for the individual because you're not giving a real chance. Right. So like you said, that first game with the Lakers, everybody's not looking at the game like you are. Even the ones that are their job is the scout, they're looking at the numbers. The numbers aren't always everything. As you know, the movement, my rhythm, like, am I doing the same things that I used to do? Am I getting to the same spots? Everybody isn't critiquing the game like that. As you said, the game has changed like this. It's all about numbers. Are most even watching the game at this point? No. We don't know, probably not. They're looking at the box score. They're looking at the highlights at the end of the night. Like, how can you critique a player that isn't the star, that isn't getting all the reps when you're just looking at that? or we're looking just at the numbers. It makes no sense. So you're in somewhat of a lose-lose situation, not saying 10 days are, like if I got a 10 day right now, I'm taking it. I mean, it worked for you too in Charlotte. Exactly. Because they gave me a chance. And when you gave me a chance to get on the court and interact with teammates, you see like things got a little better. Not saying I was the, I was the, the reason why, but for a young team and a guy that they respect, first off, they respect me because I did it at the highest level. That's the difference between these young guys now. Like when I came in, I show respect because you are older than me and you've been in the league and I wanna be just who you are. I wanna be 10 years in the league. Fast forward to now, and this isn't to, to harp on the young guys, but the, the young guys are just different now. Yeah. They're really not respecting you unless you've done it whether you've been a player, whether you've been a coach, player development, if you haven't done it, they're looking at you like. You can see it. And you see it, you see it how the game is played. Like, and all I say is make it make sense. You need a guy not even saying like me, you just need a vet in there that can, that can teach these young guys the right way to play, teach these young guys the right way to be a pro because the young guys are just learning from young guys. Yeah. A young guy to come in at 19, his bet is 22. That's crazy. So if that 22-year-old is a bad representation of a vet, what you think the 19-year-old is gonna do? It could change a guy's career. Career. We're yes. not talking the season. 
We're talking a career. Your trajectory of your career can go a totally different way because you don't have anybody to follow. That's scary. That's scary because you guys came in kind of, you had to be in line with these older guys, right? If you wasn't in line, you're not getting no chance. Right. That's just what it was. It didn't you're, matter how nice you were. It either. doesn't matter. <laughs> you can be the number two, number one pick. You still had to fall in line of the respect of the older guys. Then, yeah, they see it. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is your team. Yeah. But it now it's like, I'm the number one pick, and I'm not even saying number one picks are doing this. I'm a top pick. Shit, this is my team. Right. I'm not coming in here and nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's just the culture of today's game, which is just a in a negative yeah. space from AAU to the top. Because we're, 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 we're praising these guys without letting them hit adversity first. So when they do hit adversity, it's like, I've never seen this before. Yeah. They don't know how to maneuver and navigate. No. Life. And then they're going to go to a young guy like, what do I do? The young guy is like, I'm still trying to figure it out. Right. That's scary. That is scary. You, you know, have seen this shift happen. I want to, I keep coming back to like 2018, 17, 16. The league got really spaced out. It got really up and down. And it was the analytics influence for the most part, right? And now it's almost like I'm watching, when I'm watching, I'm watching young guys in an AAU tournament. That's all it is. The showcase. How is that? And you as, the, I've seen other vets, I've talked to other vets and they're like, yo, it's just what it is now. We're just doing our part. How do you approach that? How do you see it? Is it frustrating? Are you a fan of it? You know, how do you find yours within that now? I mean, it's frustrating because it's not how the game's supposed to be played. But as a pro, you make adjustments. You have right. to. The game is bigger than just an individual. So if the game's changing, you got to adjust or you're going to be left behind. Obviously, I don't believe it's changing for the better. I don't think we're teaching anybody anything from the top level to the bottom. Because let's, I mean, take a step back. I got kids. The younger guys are just watching what the NBA guys do. Right watching how it's played, watching guys take step back, half court threes, and thinking that's, you know, the way it's supposed to be played. There's a handful of guys that should be able, that should do that and that can do that. Right. Everybody else just trying it. So it's bad for basketball. Yeah. No, no, no trainer. If you go to any youth level, no one, and me as well, we're not teaching the game no. that way. No, It'd be a sin. It, 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 it's not how you teach the game. No. So then at one point throughout anybody's career, you're just forced to play that way. And if you Why is that though? Why is this happening at just the NBA level? Is it to make the game more entertainment? I mean, based for the casual fan? I believe that has a part of it. I believe, I mean, obviously it's entertainment. There's money involved. But then there's people that say that this is just a product of guys being more skilled now. Guys being able no, to shoot better. No, because you now. can I think that's being forced on guys. Right. Obviously, guys are going to be better, stronger, faster, going to be able to shoot better, going to be able to and create ball, better. Yeah. But that doesn't mean the game changes as much as it did. Right. You're forcing guys to shoot just threes and layups. It's crazy. The only team winning like that, and we can't even say the Warriors just shoot threes and layups. They don't. But they're, they're made to shoot more threes than you and make more threes than you. Right. The NBA is a copycat league, so everybody tries to do that yeah. without stating that the Warriors have ball movement, body movement. Right. There's Every other team got yeah. no ball movement, no body movement, ISO at the top of the key. That's true. That's, you can't, I remember Kobe saying that years ago. You can't, that's not winning basketball. Not at all. So when you're talking about winning championships, that style of play goes out the window. Yeah.
And and as it. you know that in the playoffs, that it. quick. Right away, they, they hit a wall. Entertainment is for the regular season. Guys, we're scoring 150. <laughs> Guys are getting 45 and 40 points in the third quarter. Is that real who? See, I say it all the time. The regular season isn't real to me anymore. It's not. And it, it sounds disrespectful coming from me because I've never been an NBA pro. But this come for me, too. It's not. Obviously, I watch every night. I watch games every night. I'm a fan of the game. I love the NBA. I love the players. The level is going. Everybody's not playing the right way. Yeah. And that's bad for basketball. I agree. And you've been in it now. You've had these two years. Mm-hmm. past two years, you've been a part of this. Is it crazy? Is this real? Like, obviously in Boston, the usage was so high, right? But looking back when you were at Phoenix, looking back when you were at Sacramento, you came in a whole different league. And basketball now is a different sport from what that was, the NBA basketball. Yeah. How is it as a player? Does it throw you off a little bit at times? No, it doesn't throw you. I think it throws you off when you're sitting back watching it. Mm-hmm. But as you're playing, you're just out there playing. I'm not, for me, especially analytically, I'm not thinking, <laughs> I'm not thinking that way when I'm in the game. I'm thinking how to get an advantage for my team. But it is pushed on teams to play one way, to play a certain way, even if you don't have the, the players to play that way. That's crazy. So that's why, that's why it's tough. So you see high level of teams playing in one way, and then the lower level teams trying to play that way, and they're their players can't even play that way. Right. So not. what are we really teaching? You know, it's like the computer programming is off. They don't know what they're doing, right? Exactly. That's so crazy. then at the end of the day, you have a high profile player come in and he doesn't meet your expectations. They put it on the, it's the player's fault. Right. As you know, it's situation. Always. <laughs> it's situation of opportunity. And you're, you're like uh, the poster boy for that. Yeah. I mean, we saw what you did coming in. And it's crazy because the role I think you should be in now is the role you came in yeah. as. Same, same Six role. man, spark plug. Come on. And then, you know, in Boston, it was almost like when you put up 29 a game, when you became All-Star, and it was not just one year. It was the year before that as well. You know, was that like a, a gift and a curse? Because, see, now, now they, there's a lot of guys in the league that I know 110% you're better than. There's a lot of guards in the league that they could pin any narrative or analytic. You're, there's no matter, you beat them in the numbers game, you beat them in the analytic side of things, the heart, the skill, right? And, you know, we all respect everyone, but they didn't go from averaging 29 yeah, to now having to be less usage, you know, different role. And have the same expectations of going for 30. And when you- so, <laughs> so, so just think of that. Like, obviously things changed. Opportunity went down. I got hurt. Yeah. But when I came back, Every chance I got, the world expected me to get 30 when I was not in the same situation, not even close. Not even close. So I'm really in a lose-lose. Because if I get you 12, it's like, ah, oh, he lost his step. Right. That's tough. So it's like, what was my strength? My whole career is not backing down, not giving up. Any opportunity I got, took full advantage of it, wanted to be the best player ever. So now I'm in this situation, I got to retract those statements because it comes off wrong now. Oh, he can't take a backseat. He can't be a vet presence. He can't be a spark plug off the bench. Why can't I? Just because I I still want to be the best? Just because if you ask me, do I want to start? I mean, yeah, I would love to start. I know my situation now. I know I'm not coming in starting. I could definitely make a team better whether I play or not. 
and that's not being heard enough. Right. Who I was and what my strength was of not backing down, always in the gym, has backfired on me just a little bit in terms of how the game has changed. And like I said, will he take a back seat? Yes, I will. I'll take one right now. You've done it. I showed it. Yeah. I've showed it in every situation. You've been every showing situation it since Cleveland. I've been in. Post Boston. Yeah. Even before that, I wasn't the man. Right. And I played my role. Always, yeah. So it, it's frust- that's the frustrating part for me. See, this is um, something really deep. I always talk about the pure hooper, mm-hmm. the guy that plays with that edge, that says I'm the best player on this floor yeah. no matter who's on the floor. And I've seen you have that mentality when a Kobe, a LeBron, or KD's on the floor. And I've seen you outshine some of the greatest players to ever play the game. And there's a certain type of dog that you got to have inside you to do that, right? I think that that alpha dog mentality nowadays is intimidating to some. Um, fans, obviously, that haven't been in those lines, but also maybe even coaching staffs, maybe even, you know, younger guys that are worried, like, oh, this guy, he's too, oh, yeah. you know, he's too much, he's yeah. too confident, where it's like you could change a locker mm-hmm. room. What's your reaction to that? It is intimidating. So when I, when I got hurt and I took a step back, took myself out of my, my own shoes and tried to put myself in the GM shoes or somebody that's running a team's shoes, for sure it's intimidating. It's intimidating for a coach. It's intimidating for an organization. It's intimidating for the player that's in front of me. Yeah. I understand that because of who I am and what I bring, the aura I bring, right. the love I get from the fans. Mm-hmm. That's unwanted pressure for my organization to have to play somebody they signed to be their last guy on the bench. Wow. So if you break it down like that, which a normal fan isn't breaking it down, that's some of the reason why I'm not on a team. You see, every time I got in the game, it was a standing ovation. Everywhere. So the, to go back, what was my strength is my weakness now, and I have no control over it. That's crazy. So when I do get standing ovations, in my mind, I'd be like, just sit down. Like, I appreciate it, but it's unwanted pressure for somebody to play me. So you could put a situation, any situation on a young team. If Isaiah Thomas comes in, the, in on the team, the guy they invest in is going to be looking over their shoulder just because. Just because. Until I'm telling him, fam, you don't even got to look over your shoulder. Damn. I'm here to help you. Damn. I'm not here to compete with you. That's crazy. In spots, I've had to do that because I could, I could see the guy tensing up because of who he, what he's seen probably and what he's heard about who I am. And everywhere you've gone, even though it's a 10-day, it's national news. It's national news. That's not wanted. That's true. You don't, if I go sign Joe Blow a 10 day, the world's not gonna care. No, happens So if I play him or not, nobody cares. If I go sign me to a 10 day and you don't play and your best player is not playing well and he's a guard, what is the world gonna do? Put Isaiah in. What is the crowd gonna do? Put IT in. And it happens. And it's been happening. And I'm going to take advantage of it. So you feel me that like those are all things that are playing against me now. And it, I mean, it sucks. It is what it is. But I know what I bring to the table. If given a chance, I know what I bring to the table. If you don't play me, I'm going to help regardless because that's who I am. That's what I bring. That's the alpha in me. That's the leader, the leader in me. Yeah. Like I'm not bitter that I don't play. I'm cool because I'm a work <laughs> and I'm a, and that's going to rub off on everybody on the team. 
Yeah, and you guys from Seattle, just as a whole, just knowing you guys, I know Jamal, Zach, there's Nate. You guys just love being in the NBA. Yes. And you love and appreciate the game. There's a lot of guys that take that for granted, right? For sure. Um, I really sense that appreciation for just being in that environment from you guys. Um, I don't know if it's a Seattle thing, but just the way you guys were brought up, I really respect that. Um, I want to talk about the Charlotte situation because I feel like that was a really good scenario. Sure. Um, Charlotte's a smaller market. So it didn't make the noise it would. Because remember when you were in L.A. for the 10 yes. days? So everything was magnified. <laughs> the whole world. Always is. Uh, in Charlotte, I watch because we, you know, I make sure to try to watch every game as much as I can. You were playing really good in the moments you got. You had good games. Um, you were putting up. I remember, I don't know if it was the last game or the second last game where you had like 14 points in four minutes yeah. of the season. Was yeah. that the last, last game? Last game. Yeah. Um, but more than anything, I saw the, the young guys embrace you. Yeah. LaMelo Ball. Um, you know, guys like that, that were like, they really respect you because you've done what they want to do. How was that scenario? And, you know, because I feel like you were coming off a really good scenario, man. Like you proved sure. yourself. That was probably your best 10 day that we've seen you had. And no I think doubt. you did your part. No doubt. I mean, them young dudes, they were everything to me. Like I, I, I'm going to be friends with them, homies with them forever. Like LaMelo is one of my closest friends. Um, obviously, Terry Rozier was my rookie in Boston. That's crazy. Um, I recruited Gordon to Boston. So, like, I knew those guys. Right. I, I, I knew, especially Terry. Like, I, we, were net, we were locker partners, locker neighbors. We were locker neighbors in Charlotte, too. Um, the situation there was really good for me because it showed, well, I thought, it showed the world that I don't have to be the man to be productive. Yeah. I came in. I didn't have no problems, which I've never had on any team. I accepted my role. Like coming in, they didn't say I was gonna play. I didn't even think I was gonna get in the game. I was just gonna do my part, whether I played or not, where I played or not. And then when I played, I just, they trusted me. Yeah. The team embraced me. The team embraced me. All the players embraced me. I was the, the, the voice in the locker room. And they can tell you that. And that's just for me being who I am. And they accepted me, I accepted them. The respect was there. Yeah. So from the day I walked in, the respect was there because who I am and what they've heard. Right. And that's half the battle with young guys. If they don't respect you, they're not gonna run through a wall for you. So when I can, I can talk to the mellow when he's, when he's messing up and he comes to the bench and I can be as real as possible and he can accept that and he can understand what I'm saying and where I'm coming from. Everybody that's on that bench can't do that. And everybody that's on that bench or in that locker room isn't getting the respect that I'm getting from your cornerstone player. Right. So that's how these young locker rooms are. Like, if they respect you, they're going to ride with you. If they don't, they're going to beat around the bush and, and do their own thing, which not saying that's right or wrong. But in the NBA and in a professional setting, that's definitely wrong. But that's the culture of today's game. They weeded out the veterans for whatever reason. Why though? I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. I think because the vets can control them young guys and- They have an influence. They have a, a, a greater influence than per se a coach. It's crazy. Or, you know, people in the front office, which is backwards. Yeah. But that, I think that's the reason because you, you somewhat push the veterans out because they have that control. But little that you know, like the veterans are the ones that 
that can change a team. Can change a team, can shape a young guy's career because the vets helped me. Even, even the chip, the teams that we've seen win the chip now are all powered by some veteran presence. Mm. Everybody few, that wins the championship the has. Few, yeah, yeah, so we're looking at the Warriors, we're looking at the Raptors when they did it. The Bucks. The Bucks. You can't name a championship team that's super young. No, or even a team that goes deep. You can't. There's that one team that always goes deep that's young. Yeah. Other than that, Every it's now bad. and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard. In the playoffs, you gotta have killers. You gotta have playmakers. You gotta have people who've seen it before. Talk about that with me, because you're one of the guys, and these are the guys that I have the utmost respect for, because I talk about you guys all the time. When you get to the playoffs, everything changes. Everything changes. And you're a guy that levels up, always leveled up. Um, Boston, we saw you do some monumental things, right? Um, nowadays, the regular season, my beef with it is it's so different from the playoffs. And it happened with you guys in the plane in Charlotte. I saw you guys hit a wall. Sure. And I'm like, oh, th there it is. This, this is when my shit comes to life. Yeah. All the things I say in the season, you see in the playoffs, guys hit a wall. What is this? What's going on? Experience. That's all it is. The playoffs are 100% different than the regular season. The regular season is kind of like fool's goal. Yeah. Like you get in the rhythm. You play one, you play a team that night, you go to the next team. How much preparation can you get on that team? In the playoffs, you got to beat a team four times. You got to play seven times possibly. And they know everything. So you're going to have notebooks of the scout. You're going to take away everybody's first and second option. You're going to know everything. So can you really hoop when they're taking away all your options? Right. And, and, and now I want you to speak to the young guards, the Donovan Mitchells, the Trey Youngs, the John Morants, all these cats that are now in the position that you were in in Boston. What were you doing in those moments? Because you got to East Finals. Mm -hmm. What were you doing as a 5'9 guard? You led a team to East Finals. That's absurd. What were you doing in those moments? How much of it was IT just making his own decision? Um, it was a little bit of everything, no. not going to lie. But my preparation is what made me succeed in those preparation moments. Preparation in the summer? Summer. In season, film sessions, my preparation to the game of basketball is what made me succeed in those moments. Kobe taught me that. My preparation to the game of basketball made me succeed in those moments in every way possible. On top of, I got hoop game. Yeah, you're a hooper. <laughs> I'm a hooper. Yeah. So when those tight moments and the world is watching, everybody can't embrace those moments. I, when I first got to the playoffs, I experienced that. I'm like, Man, why aren't guys making the shots they made in the playoff? I mean, in the regular seasons. Why is these are open shots and these guys aren't making them? That's one by two at the park on a double rim at that moment. Come on, fam. <laughs> it's it's pressure. The world's watching. It's not regular season where you're on local TV. No. The whole world's watching. You miss three in a row, you're thinking about it. Damn. They're in the playoffs that last year in 2017, the Wizards, they put three guys on me. I'm five nine, killer. Sorry. Come on, man. I know. Name somebody I, to fast forward to tell your story, Kobe's story. Yeah. 2018, I think, the summer, he invites players to come down to hit the Mamba Academy. Right, yeah. And he's talking about different, different things on the court, double teams, triple teams. He's explaining how to, you know, break through those. Funniest thing, I'm like, Kobe. You're talking to guys that really haven't got triple teamed in, 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 in real situations. He starts laughing. I'm like, so you, you could probably talk to a few of us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because there's levels to it. There's levels. So when you get in the playoffs, 
obviously you gotta be you gotta be a killer. You gotta be able to have some type of hoop game to create. And you gotta adjust. They're trying to stop everything. So that's why you see the level of of hoop game increase in some of the stars, and then some of the stars look like stars and don't look like superstars, which they're portrayed to be. That's crazy. And you know right away, right? Um, who are some guys that you watch now that have that, that have that hoop game? They have, obviously. Let's talk about the point guards. I mean, point guards, play, obviously Steph Curry. Yeah. Steph Curry, John Morant is a young one. Um, I mean, Kyrie has the most hoop game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shoot, Drew Holiday, like, like obviously he's one that nobody talks about. Right, but he can get busy. He can get it done each and every night. Um, and the only reason why I say jo- I say John Morant, Trey Young's been to the playoffs and got some stuff done. Yeah. But everybody's game doesn't translate to the playoffs. That's true. Even last year, Trey Young had a rude awakening. Yeah, Miami. But I bet him. he thought about that every day this summer. Because he's never seen that before. He's never seen when they're focused solely on you for seven games and they're throwing two and three guys at you, being a small guard. It's tough. So when I, when I break that down to people, that's, they don't understand that either. Double and triple team, I, half the time I can't see. Right. Yeah. I'm not 6'7", six, 6'6", six, six where I'm seeing over the, the double teams. So as a, a small guard, a Van Fleet, a Trey Young, How sharp does your mind have to be to figure that out on the fly? Got to be a, a, a 12 degree black belt in, Come on. in basketball. You got to be point. exceptional. You got to be one of the greats. That's crazy. One of the greats. So it's, it's, it's just levels to it. There's, there's, everybody says that, but there's levels to being successful in the what playoffs. What took you to that level though? I know you said it's preparation. I think studying the greats. Yeah. Kobe, Floyd Mayweather. I got to get, get a really good relationship with Tom Brady. Mm. asking them real questions about everything. Like, how do you do it in the biggest moments? And it always comes back to preparation. I prepare for these moments. So even when, another story, even when 2017, when they're chanting MVP, I'm at the free throw line. I've already seen it in my head when I was a kid. Already seen it in in my head when I'm in the gym by myself at the free throw line. So when it's happening, I'm really laughing in my head like, damn, this is crazy. But it's expected. It's expected. My preparation led to those moments. My preparation is going to lead to those moments again. And I'm not saying to go average 30 and be the man. My preparation is going to win a playoff game. It's amazing. And I see you right now. You're not lying. You're locked in, disciplined as ever. Um, Your preparation is very, you know, Floyd-like. I think that's why these Kobe's, they gravitated towards you, Come right? On. Because Kobe you know, ain't talking to nobody. Right. Floyd ain't like, when I was able to be in those moments and reach out to those, Allen Iverson, when he called me a killer, it took my mind frame, it took my mindset to a level that it took it to 30 points a game. Right. That was the person that took my shit to 30 points a game. That's crazy. So I thank him all the time because when he said it, I didn't see nobody anymore. It don't matter if... It don't matter if it's the superstars, the everybody names. I didn't see anybody anymore. 
I saw it. Let that sink in. I saw that. You feel me? So fast forward to now when I'm playing and I'm in Charlotte and I'm playing and I'm being successful. It's happening because my preparation, but my my game is the same, but my mind is so much further than it was in 2017. That's crazy. So I'm just picking the game apart. I'm seeing it really before it happens. It's so slow. Is this game easier now for you than it's it was? It's way easier. And that's no disrespect to the players in it. The game is as easy as it's ever been in 2022 right now. Wow. And that's no disrespect to the talent. It's how the game is played. Is it the spacing? Spacing. It's open gym. It's five on five. It's AAU nationals. And I'm saying this with the most respect for the, the, the best players in the world. Yeah. When the best players in the world are able to play one-on-one, this is what happens. It's unstoppable. And that's what we're seeing. That's all we're seeing. You're seeing these guys get 40, 50. Come on. I, you know, and as a student And, of the and game, not to take away anything from them because oh, they're no, cold. They're, they're guys insane. are cold. They're insane. The skill level is amazing. They're it's insane. just the way the game is played. They're not being challenged the same way. I think, I think students of the game, I think people that have watched traditionally know this. It's common knowledge. Um, one thing I, I this is the, like, with you, the thing that bothers me with what's happened, though, when you were at the top, your peers were Steph at your position, Steph, Dame, Kyrie, Russell Westbrook, and I want to say the fifth one would probably be Chris Paul or Kemba. Yeah, yeah, Chris Paul for sure. Thank you. Outside of Kemba and yourself, all those other guys have gone through injuries, similar to you. They're still at that spot. Yeah. They were drafted to that situation. They were valued as an investment for that franchise. You're looking at this, and I'm seeing Dame still at the top of his game. Steph just won a chip. They keep saying age. They keep saying this and that. I feel like you're still on that level. You just don't have that usage. How frustrating is that watching that, though, and knowing that? I mean, it's frustrating because I, I know it. So that's the most frustrating part. I'm not frustrated and I'm not in the moments no more. I'm just frustrated because... I can still do that. The, the only thing about, about that is like, I mean, it, it, is, it is a little frustrating because it only comes back to not getting another chance because I'm 5'9". Right. At the end of the day, that's all it is. Because if I was 6'1", they would give me every chance to fail. Yeah. But I'm 5'9", you don't, that's what happens when you're 5'9". You don't get, you don't I, have that room for error. You don't. So even when I'm working out, 10 11, 10 out of 12, I don't have room to miss. Yeah, I see. <laughs> I don't have room to miss no open shots. Right. I don't have room for a guy to shoot a fadeaway on me from 17 feet and he make it. Yeah. And they say I'm a defensive liability. But when he makes it over a 6'5 guy, it's like, oh, good, good shot. Right. So the defensive liability thing, because we hear that. I see the trolls say it, that we don't care about the casuals. But I'm saying if... In fact, that's what, that is what GMs are thinking. I'm not on the inside like that. If, in fact, that is what they're thinking, where it's like, oh, he's, he's a great scorer, he could be a spark, but he's a defensive liability because he's 5'9". What do you say to that? Because I've never seen you out on the court just getting run down. That's <laughs> just, the crazy thing. I, first off, I can't grow. Like, I'm not going to get no taller. <laughs> I've been the same height my whole career. Right. That's just the negatives of being 5'9". Yeah. Nobody blows by me. All they do is shoot over me. Right. My whole career, if anybody ever would ask a coach or a teammate on my, on my team, I, 
I'm pretty sure they would never say I'm a liability. Because I've seen you slide with guys. I'm just saying, like, nobody's taking advantage of me in my career. Yeah. Yes, people scored on me. I mean, who doesn't score? But when you're 5'9", you don't give, you're not given the same leash as somebody to 6'2". Right. And that's just what it is. That's in all, that's in everything that has to do with basketball. It's not a small person's game. Well, they say it's not. So the defensive liability is more frustrating than anything. Because even in Charlotte, you can watch film. There was not one game that I played that I was a defense liability going against anybody. Right. And that's what I like. I don't know what the defensive stats say, but I watch and I'm like, this guy's bumping with guys. He's Come sliding on. for the guys. No one's taking you to the post. And to go back to what you said about the age, the age is only for some people. The age is only for some people because the best players are around my age yeah. and winning championships. Right. MVP candidates still. So that's only said for certain people. The injury thing is only made for certain people. Because I see guys get injured all the time, knock on wood. I see, guys, I see guys fighting to get back and getting every chance in the book. Yeah. Fam, I was on one leg for three years and, and fighting through that. And that's still One leg and still right. playing yeah. okay. Yeah. Like, on some real shit, still playing okay on one leg against the best players in the That's world crazy. at 5'9". That's just being a hooper, though. That's just being a hooper and playing with my mind. I couldn't play physically. I wasn't there. But to answer your question about that, it's frustrating to see guys get injured and get chances after chance, and I didn't. It's frustrating to see even the defensive players getting 40 dropped on their head, and they're not defensive liabilities. They're not getting penalized for it. It, it. it is frustrating, but I mean, when has life been fair? It has never had. So my whole career, I've, I've, I've maneuvered around those things. And now that I'm at a standstill trying to fight back in, it's harder than ever, but it was harder than ever to get drafted. I got lucky to get drafted the last pick. Yeah. No matter how good I was doing in college, no matter how good I did in the, in the NBA. Nobody that averaged 30 points a game is on 10 days. No. And that's being completely honest. No. And you know why? Like even D. Rose. D. Rose had how many injuries he had. And that's my dude. That's one of my closest friends. But his, his coach has done what he's supposed to do. Right. Thibodeau has rolled with D. Rose because D. Rose put him on. Facts. At his best times. Facts. So every chance Thibodeau got, to put him on, who is he going to call? I'm going to call Derrick Rose because he can still hoop and I'm going to still give him a chance. And Derrick Rose is in the position that you're in right now in a way because on, I remember um, 2018. You remember his triumph was when he had the 50-point game. Yeah. It was like, okay. I remember just constantly telling people it's a situation, situation, situation. It's all about usage. And you remember when he got it. Do you have a Tom Thibodeau in the league? I don't or I'd be in there. Because <laughs> that's hey, all it takes. That's all it takes. I mean, as a... Me being who I am right now, yeah, I just need a chance, like a real chance. Yeah, not and a I'm 10 not days. At, and I'm not asking to go a chance for me to go average thirty. The I don't, final real chance right now, and Isaiah, for Isaiah Thomas in 2022-2023. I'm talking about your role. I'm talking about your setting. I'm not saying specific minutes, but I'm saying in terms of they bring you in. It's not a ten day, or it's a ten day and you earn yourself yeah. back. What's the real chance look like now? What's the new Isaiah Thomas? What's Isaiah Thomas? Give me a role? role. Give me a role off the bench that I can play both halves. 
and you said don't put a number on it, I'm, give me 18 minutes. I'll give you 14 and four and change the game when I come in. And potentially close the game for you. Don't give me 25 minutes. The game is that easy. Where I already, I can already tell you I'm gonna get 18 to 20 if I get that minutes. Because where my mind is in the but game. But I've seen, we've seen you do that. That's what I'm saying. Days. But seen you do it. again, what pressure does it put? If you don't give me that role off the bench, say if you give me the six man role and that's my role, there's no pressure. I'm the six man. I'm not taking nobody's spot. And I see that now because I think that's the role for you. Um, but I'm looking at teams in the league. I look at teams like the Suns, who I think could use a guy like you. I look at teams like, to this moment, the Lakers that could continuously bring you back. I see teams like the Raptors, teams that are going to go into a playoff series and they don't have that extra yeah. outside of a Devin Booker. Where do you use, when you look at you watching the game, I know you watch the game. Do you see specific situations that you like? I mean, not to, you know, name no teams, but I see a lot. Yeah. I see where I can fit in and help. And I don't have to be the man. Like, I'm not even looking for that no more. I want an NBA jersey, fam. I'll do the rest. And now your roles change to more in this league, in this new league, you know, catch and shoot. And that's fine. And one thing I've seen you though, is you've become a better spot up shooter. Mm -hmm. You've become more of a sniper over these years. It's different being a scorer than it is being a straight up shooter. shooter. From there, you open up your game, right? What's your preparation like for that now every day? Take us through that. Cause this um, is a new, this, you're, you're playing a different game now. No doubt. So, I mean, my preparation really, to be honest, is the same because I, I, I try to work on everything. Just so if I'm put in position, get a call, somebody get hurt, and I gotta play 25 minutes. You ready? I can give you everything that I got. I can give you everything that you used to see. Mm -hmm. But then again, I'm working on spot shots, catch and shoot, spacing. So if you give me 10 minutes, I can give you eight. I can make a difference. I can hit shots. I can be a spacer. I can do a lot, really, and it's not all about what I can do, but it's like I'm preparing for all those moments. So when you see me in Charlotte, when you see me the first game against the Lakers, that was just preparation for those moments. It's not like I'm a rookie and I'm seeing guys I've never seen before. That's scary. Yeah. So it I'm feels seeing, easy out there? And not to sound cocky or how the game is played, me and Jamal talk about this all the time. The game is easy because you don't have to think the game no more. It's so, it's so much space and it's one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, you're an open gym. So then if I do have to think the game now, I'm dissecting it. I'm playing against second-string second guys, no disrespect. They probably fear me because of what they've seen. Yeah. Guys, they don't – the guys – I'm playing against guys where my mental is so much further than theirs. You've seen so much. I'm just picking the game apart Yeah. because – of what I've been through because of the experience I have and because my body and my skill is still 2017. My mind is way further. So now I don't have to give you 30. I'm just picking you guys apart. Maybe. I'm just getting to the lane easy. And the opportunity is just 75% less, but Come you on. figure it out, right? But I'm so, it out. you know, looking at these next few years, I feel like the right role for you is that six man, you know, closing your career out that way. For sure. Would you explore going anywhere else overseas? Um, not right now. Because there's people that say that. Not right now. Everybody hits me. Why don't you go overseas? Right? That's, that's just, I got kids. I'm not in position right now to, did I want to do that? 
Right. Like my ultimate goal is to play in the NBA. My ultimate goal has always been to play in the NBA. And I'm gonna break something down to you again. This is just what I believe from being a student of the game, a fan of the game, and being in the game. If I go overseas, my NBA career is done. From a business standpoint, you're now out of the system. For sure. At 5'9"? At 5'9". So I'm, I'm, I can't break that down the most. They, don't, they don't understand that. So know. if I go overseas, which overseas is amazing. Yep. You get paid well. There's great players overseas. But if I choose to go overseas, my NBA career is done. I'm not at that point right now. I want five more years in the NBA. I want to play 16 years in the NBA to be the smallest guy to ever play that long. Muggsy Bogues played 14. Yeah. I'm beating that for sure. That's amazing. And that's, and that's my mindset. Obviously, I can go overseas and I can hoop and I can put up 40. You've done it in the G League. Come on. And I can go to the G League. But like a guy in my position, those opportunities usually be a kind of a lose-lose for me to get back in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Because if I don't go score 50 in the G League, what are they going to say? I lost a step. If I go score 25, it's like, hey, he can't score 40 in the G League. So you have no choice but to go get 45. Come on. <laughs> That's just me because I'm 5'9", and people don't understand what being 5'9 means. So if I can't be just okay, I got to be special in every moment that I'm out there. And you're living up to the MVP candidate. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what people think of when they see me or my name comes up is the 30 points a game. Yeah. So I have no room for error. And that's the lose-lose situation I'm in from the outside looking in. You've had a hell of a career, though. All-star, all-NBA. Um, I got a question that I never got a chance to ask the other greats this. What stands out more? Is it the nights that you went at a Steph and a Dame and a Kyrie, and it was like a war? Or is it the accomplishments that stand out? Or is it the numbers that stand out? Or is it like the Kobe co-signing you in those types of situations? I think it's the respect from my peers. That's the one? That's the one. Yeah? Like, obviously, the Kobe stuff, Allen Iverson, that's... I never dreamed in my, I never dreamed as a kid that I would even be able to communicate with those guys, let alone have real friendships where I can hit them at any time for anything. But the respect, like any room that I walk in, whether it be LeBron James, whether it be, it don't matter. It's gonna be all love and they right. know how I'm coming. It don't matter who it is. When I see Mike, Michael Jordan, he shows real love to me. Because he, he was in that booth when you came on, in and man. put up 35. And when I, when, I, when I was seeing him, he like, man, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's Michael Jordan saying that. That's Kobe Bryant telling me, you're a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Like, that means more to me than anything. The accomplishments is dope. Like, those were dreams of mine. All-NBA, all-star, getting drafted, battling with the, with the greats. To where they like, man, we gotta stop him. Yeah. Those are those are amazing moments in my life, in my career that I would never take for granted. But the respect from your peers, come on, man, that goes because they know. Right. <laughs> when you going up the dames, the Steph Curry's, so you saying the battles between those, those are always amazing. Right. But they walking out just like I'm walking out. Right. Damn, that was a tough one. <laughs> yep. You feel me? Like that's that means more to me than anything. That means, that means more to me than anything. Or when I come back in the league, when I be coming back, like last year, everybody's just like, finally, you're back in. You're de you deserve, like, 
that makes this easier coming in the gym on my own and grinding while I'm at seven o'clock watching these games frustrated. How is that, right? Like one day you're sitting at home in Seattle, the next week you could be in a game. Sure. What's that dynamic like now? We, we just, it's different, but it's like. Do you still get nervous every time? Every time you get that call again, it's time to step on that court? Or is it like? It, not necessarily nervous, but it's a weird excitement. It's like, okay. <laughs> it's crazy. Cause I gotta prove. Yeah. I still gotta prove, like this 11 years in, like when I play this year, it'd be 12 years. And I'm still having to prove. Name one person that gotta prove. Right. There ain't no 5'9 dude in there. No. So everybody under six feet, 5'11, you gotta prove every year, which is, isn't fair, but that's just life. And that's just what it's been in my career, which I'm fine with. But it's like, like I said just a little bit ago, I gotta be perfect every time. But you're down to do it. And I respect that about you. And you know, as I wrap this up, I got some quick little questions. Like five or six of them. Because we know you're ready. We know when that call comes and you do get that opportunity, you're going to give it your all. Um, the best player you've played against. Best guard you've played against. I put you at your position. Best point guard I've played against. Or you could just give me two. I'm going to give you two, Kyrie and Steph. Yeah. Best basketball players I played against at that position. Just the skill? The skill, the shot making, the ability to do anything. Can you relate to them in their preparation in that? Can you see it? Can you see what makes them who they are? How much of that is a gift that they have that can't be I mean, taught? half of it is a gift. I mean, all, all of us got a gift. But it's something that they do. I, I don't know them like to where I'm asking them. But it has to be their preparation. It has to be their confidence, how they believe in themselves. Like, the only way you're doing the shit Kyrie's doing in a game is if you're, if you're like a genius, if your mind is Something like, else. because he's, I mean, you can just tell he's thinking about what he's trying to do right. to you. How you, uh, Jamal always says that. How do you, how can you guard something that the guy doing it doesn't even know what he's about to do? It's, yeah. and then Steph Curry, we just never seen nothing like him. Right. So we never seen shot making from that far with the handle and with just the freedom he plays with. Like the joy he plays with. The joy. Like it makes you it makes you smile for sure. Most underrated guy you've seen in your run, eleven year run so far, where you look and you're like, yo, he's so cold, but are, no one knows. Are we talking about guards still? No, you can talk about anyone at this one. I'ma keep it with guards because I can't think that. Okay, let's I'm gonna go say guards. Drew Holiday and Mike Conley for me. Yeah. Mike Conley, I played against Mike Conley in 2006, ABCD camp. Yeah. I remember telling my dad, I'm like, that's the best guard I've ever played against. Wow. <laughs> Just because he goes both ways. He goes his own pace. He's a floor general, floater left, right. He really didn't have no weaknesses. Fast forward to when he got paid the 150 or whatever. I think him getting paid that put a light on him to where people are like, ah, oh, he's overrated. Like, nah, he's... Ask anybody in the league, like, he's a tough cover. Yeah. And I think that's a name that most people won't say, but for me. That is a name that most people won't say. He's always been a tough cover for me. Drew Holiday's been another one, and I've known the Holiday since I've been young. Drew is tough. He won him that chip in 2021. Come on. He's, he's going to sit down on the defensive end, and he's not going to do anything he don't want to do on the other end. And if he really had his own team, he's averaging 25 and 
24 and 10, 24 and nine. I'm looking at, you've seen the Dirks, the Duncans, the Nash, Kobe, AI. Nah, you didn't play against Yeah, AI. I didn't. Um, the, now the Durants and the LeBrons and the Currys. Who's the one guy where you just saw it and you were like, he's the best player I've ever seen? Kobe. Kobe? You just feared him right when you stepped on the court. Like, like his, his energy was for you to fear. I've never seen somebody offensively. Obviously, I mean, KD is offensively gifted. Kyrie. Tell me the time frame that it was with Kobe, though. I mean, right when I got in the league. 2011. Because 2011, 2010, they, yeah, they won. They won. 2011, still, Dallas won. I still think he was the best player in the league until 2013. For sure. When I, when I seen him, and every move was just so, everything he did was so strategic and just, I'd never seen somebody that sharp. Can you imagine his preparation? I can, and it was insane. But I've never seen somebody that sharp. And then when I got to build a friendship with him and hear him talk about the game, uh, it was on a level that I've never heard before. Nobody come close. We know this shit. Why is, the, why is this not universally recognized among media nowadays and casual fans? I think the popularity contest, like obviously whoever they say is in front of him, I mean, the name might be bigger. More personal. But like what, what it goes back to, peers. Yeah. What are most peers gonna say? Right, they're all gonna say Kobe. They're all gonna say, except this generation, which I get, because LeBron is who they worship, who they come up with, and LeBron is Cold, cold. In but a different galaxy himself. Kobe, I can only imagine how Jordan was back then. Right. Because Kobe was a, to me, was just a little bit sharper than. I say this, a little bit more fluid, a little bit sharper. In everything every that he did. In every movement. And an extension of Jordan. And the, and the thing that I say, I say Jordan's always number one because Kobe had to follow somebody. Jordan was a blueprint. But, but. Kobe, if you want to follow somebody and follow everything and make it better, man, he did that with the best player ever. Think about that. So how is he not the best player ever? That's facts. Come on, man. What are we talking about? That's facts. That's facts. What are we talking about? So now Isaiah Thomas, 2022. You're a family man. Your kids are grown. The world just moves. It feels like a blur, right, these past five years? Yeah. Where do you see yourself two or three years from now? On the NBA roster, um, two, two, two to three years from now, knowing that the end is near, but still loving the game, still trying to find ways to get better. Will you continue to prepare every day no matter what? For sure. And like I told you, until I stop loving it, I'll stop. I was down for three years. So I'm 33 right now. I'm really 30. My body's 30. Yeah. I didn't do no pounding for three years, really. Right. My body is 30 years old. My mind is 33. And my mind is 33 of a MVP candidate. That's amazing. So let that sink in. I'm steps in front of anybody in my position. And I'm gonna wrap it on that because this might be the best episode I've ever done. Come on, man. It don't get no realer than that. Thank you, brother. I appreciate, appreciate you. Appreciate you. All love.